Behind the Christmas Hits with Drew Savage. A challenge to write a second Christmas hit as good as his first resulted in a song that achieved even more success. I'm Drew Savage, and this is the story behind the Christmas hits. Please come home for Christmas. It was written in 1960 by blues artist Charles Brown. Brown was the vocalist and piano player on the first recording of another Christmas hit called Merry Christmas Baby back in 1947 when he was part of a group called Johnny Moore's Three Blazers. That song has since been covered by Otis Redding, Bruce Springsteen, Sheryl Crow, and others. Brown became hugely popular while with the Blazers, but by the late 50s, he hit a rough patch. Brown became the house pianist at an illegal gambling club in northern Kentucky operated by Frank Screw Andrews. Brown himself had a gambling problem. He loved betting on horses. Friend and fellow musician Danny Karen once said that Brown could go through thousands of dollars in a day. After word got round that Brown was now living and working in the Ohio, Kentucky area, Sid Nathan of Cincinnati-based King Records reached out to him and asked if Brown could write something as good as Merry Christmas Baby. Years later, Brown told the Denver Post that he responded to Nathan by saying, quote, I don't know how good it'll be, but I'll write it. Brown collaborated with producer Gene Red Jr. on the song. Red would go on to a successful career of his own, managing and producing Cool in the Gang. Whether the song Brown and Red wrote was better or not is a matter of opinion, but you can't argue that Please Come Home for Christmas would become more successful than Merry Christmas Baby. Please Come Home for Christmas became Brown's first hit song in eight years and reached number 21 on Billboard's R&B singles chart. Unfortunately, that chart success didn't instantly translate into a better life for Brown. He wanted out of these clubs but reportedly felt threatened by Andrews. Some suspect he was being held against his will. Brown escaped just as one of these clubs was raided by the IRS in 1961. He avoided getting caught up in the raid with the help of an undercover IRS agent. Hilton Owens Sr. wrote a book about his life as an agent called Three of the First. In it, he recalled striking up a friendship with Brown while undercover. He recognized Brown from his earlier success and was surprised to find him working in this club. Quote, Brown never discussed why he was trapped in the sportsman's club, and I did not pry. In a 1990 interview, Brown remembered the night before the raid that the agent approached him and asked if it would take long for him to get out of there, tipping him off as to what was about to happen. Brown continued to struggle professionally for years, but mounted a huge comeback in the 80s. After playing a successful string of shows at a New York blues club called Tramps, he signed with Blue Side Records and recorded the album One More for the Road. Bonnie Raitt loved the album and brought Brown on the road with her as her opening act for her own comeback tour in 1989. Please Come Home for Christmas has been covered dozens of times, the most famous of which is the Eagles' 1978 recording. It came at a time when the band was struggling with the Long Run album, the follow-up to Hotel California. Word is the executives at their label, Asylum Records, were getting concerned. According to producer Bill Simchik, Don Henley had an idea that he thought would get the executives off their back. Record a Christmas song. One of Henley's favorites as a teenager was Charles Brown's Please Come Home for Christmas. The band thought it was perfect, although they did tweak the lyrics a bit. In Brown's original, the first line is, Bells will be ringing the glad, glad news. Henley changed that to sad, sad news to emphasize the feelings of loneliness the song expressed. Please Come Home for Christmas was paired with an original song they wrote titled Funky New Year. 
although that song has virtually disappeared since. They got both songs done within a couple of days and sent it off to the label. Henley's plan worked. The executives were happy, and the band got the time they needed to finish the long run the way they wanted. One bit of irony, the Eagles were working at Simchick's studio in Coconut Grove, Florida, when all this went down. Glenn Fry once said, quote, It was hot as hell. Perfect for a Christmas record. The song was released as a 7-inch vinyl single, and for the cover art, the guys sat around a pool, shirtless. The Eagles version peaked at number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. It was the first time a Christmas song reached the top 20 on that chart since Roy Orbison's Pretty Paper 15 years earlier. The song represents another first. It was the first time Timothy B. Schmidt played bass on an Eagles recording after Schmidt replaced founding member Randy Meisner in the band. Things also worked out for Charles Brown, who would continue recording successful blues albums through the 90s. Brown was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in 1996 and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before his passing in 1999. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you can get more stories behind the Christmas hits.